February 16th, 2022, in Masechet Sanhedrin, ten lines from the bottom, the last word of the line, it's the beginning of the Gemara, if you call the Mishnah, just set forth for us what was known as Misvat HaNechenakin, it described to us how people get strangulated, well, get just that, how do they get strangulation, what is the method and the process and procedure of strangulation of Misvat Henek. Says the Gemara Tanura Banan, it's a Beraita. And of course, as I told you earlier, the uh, Gemara over here in the first lines will set forth for us that Stam Mita, when the Gemara just, with, when the Torah, without specifying what the death penalty is, tells you you get this death penalty or you get death, unless we have a Derasha, otherwise we assume it's Henik which as we mentioned yesterday, either in the class or afterwards, makes a lot of sense. If Henek is the lowest of all the death penalties, as we saw in the Mishnah and Memtet, well then if I'm uncertain what the death penalty truly is, if it's Sekilah, Serifah, or Henek, so it stands to reason that I'll give the least of those death penalties, at the very least I'm fulfilling something appropriate as opposed to something more severe. But anyway, in getting there, the Gemara cites a Biraita. The Biraita says, uh, citing from a pasuk, what well, the pasuk is, Ish asher yinaf, ve'ish asher yinaf et eshet ish, asher yinaf et eshet re'ehu, person has relations with a woman who's married, mot yumat hanoef ve'hanoafet, there shall surely be death for the adulterers, both the male and female adulterer. Now the pasuk goes out of its way, instead of just saying, that there's relations, and this is the punishment. It has extra descriptions of ish or isha, and the drasha in turn is ish perat lekatan. The reference in the pasuk of ish, that if it's a man who commits adultery, it means if it's a child, meaning it's below the age of 13, there's no liability in such a circumstance. There's certainly a sin, but there's no punishment. It's perat lekatan, which means to say as well, the woman would not be put to death in such a fashion. Excuse me. The Hava Amina is that since the woman would still be put to death in such a fashion, perhaps the, perhaps the man uh, being a child as well would not be, and the Hidush is, uh, would yes be, and the Hidush is that since he's a child, he doesn't get put to death. One more time. If the woman is above age and the child is below age, but he's above the age of nine years where his bi'ah, where his relations is considered a halachic relations, you would have imagined since the woman who's uh, having committing adultery gets put to death, Maybe the boy who's above the age of nine but below the age of 13 also gets put to death. That's the Hidush Ish Perat Lekatan. Why is it that a child is, is out on this? Well, the Torah is telling you that there's a, a minimum age of punishments. What about the following circumstance? The woman who has relations with, with the man, the Pasuk says specifically, is an Eshet Ish. She's not just married, she's married to an ish, which means to say she's not married to a child. So the male and the female who committed adultery in this, in this circumstance are both above age. However, the female had been married to a child in such a circumstance, is she considered to the extent that she's a married woman and therefore it's a verified adultery to put her to death? She's not, why not? 
explains Rashi, because that kiddushin, that marriage, that engagement in marriage, is not considered engagement in marriage. If the child is below the age of 13, we don't consider his kiddushin kiddushin, and as a result, she's not considered, again, a verified eshetish. So there's two halachot thus far. Number one, the child would not be put to death if it was the male adulterer, or alternatively, a female adulterer. They need to be of age. Secondly, if the woman had been married, quote unquote, because it's not a verifiable, it's not a, uh, it's not a halachic marriage to a child in such a circumstance as well, even though now she's having relations with an adult, there's no death penalty. Eshet re'ehu, the pasuk goes on to say, it's with the eshet re'ehu, the word re'a in, in biblical Hebrew is a reference to your friend. Who's your friend, if not a fellow Jew? Perat, that's coming to exclude le'eshet aherim. It's coming to exclude the wife of others. Who are the wives of others? Well, of course, it's a reference to non-Jews. You know, Rashi, as, as we generally find these sorts of things in Rashi, has the word kutim. Now, kutim is a, is a censored version. It should say goyim. The reference over here is that the person had relations with a non-Jew, excuse me, with a wife of a non-Jew in such a circumstance, but the girl is Jewish. Perhaps in such a circumstance you should have death penalty. No, but she's married, quote-unquote, le'eshet aherim, and as a result, her marriage to the non-Jew is not a verifiable uh, marriage, and therefore she's not considered a married woman. Does that mean there's no sin in such a circumstance? Tosafot points out there must be a sin. Tosafot points out that the Torah goes out of its way to tell you that an eshet yifatoar is permitted. The Torah describes later on in Sefer Devarim, if there's wartime and fine amongst the nations, a woman who's very beautiful, and as a result, you have a heshek, you have a will, a passion to get married to her, there's a whole procedure that's undergone, and then she's permitted to you. Wait a second. The Gemara says, is that appropriate? Says the Gemara, Kadosh Baruch Hu Yarad Leda'atan Shal Bnei Adam. He knows how we are. He knows how the circumstances are. And he found a way in which what would have been committed anyway is permitted in an appropriate fashion or in a halachic fashion. But wait a second, why do you need any permissibility? It should have been permitted from the get-go. If you're telling me over here there's no such thing as quote-unquote relations with a non-Jew, if the eshet ha'chirim isn't a real, a real item, well then what's happening over there? Why do you need the Torah to be matir? That's this Tosafot. Firstly, Tosafot writes, v'hainu kuti, the bottom Tosafot, and kuti, as I said, is not a reference specifically to this tribe of kutim. It's a reference to all non-Jews. Ve'kamashma'alan, and the chidush over here is, de'en ishut, Ishut is the general reference to marriage, to marital relations and, and circumstances. Arambam has one of his 14 books on Ishut, Tilchot Ishut, Likutim. There's no marital uh, status for non-Jews. Continues Tosafot. Even though there's no death penalty and there's no explicit warning, there is a wrongful deed. You violated an Isur from the Torah. If you had a relations with a non-Jew, he says, from the fact that the Gemara has a derasha that tells you, or from the fact that the Torah tells you, that it's permitted by Yifat Torah. What sort of Isur would that be? 
but she's a non-Jew. The point is, there's no ishut for a Jew. That's that. If, if there's no ishut, there's no zenut either. The understanding is there shouldn't be any issue with that woman because she's not in the realm of marriage. That's the understanding. So it, it goes as follows. It's uh, it's a derasha which the which the hachamim have elsewhere. V'davak biishto, which is a pasuk written about human beings in Bereshit in Parashat Bereshit. So the pasuk says v'davak you'll cleave to ishto velo be'eshet acherim, not to the wife of another. Which means to say, even if you're dealing with before Jews, even if you're dealing with Adam and Hava and their descendants, v'davak biishto velo be'eshet acherim. That in turn is the understanding over here. Of Tosafot. Rashba disagrees. Rashba says you learned from Yifatoar that it's not so. So why do you need a heter by Yifatoar? Perhaps you would have thought that Yifatoar didn't do a proper conversion. She didn't actually mean it. That's what the Torah is telling you. It's okay. Her process, we can believe. Anyway, that all being the case, we have these three pre- preliminary halachot in our beraita, but we're really just getting to this last one. Mot yumat, right? The Pasuk says that Vi'ish, the man who has relations with the Isha, Mot yumat, Hanoef, Vehan. Noafet. Noef and Noafet mean adulterers. Both of them get put to death, says the Biraita. Behenik. And tells you it's Behenik. How do you know it's Behenik? Who said it's through strangulation? The Biraita asks the obvious question. Once we're passed with who's committing the sin, well, the death penalty, the Torah says, says the Biraita, it's Henik. Who told you it's Henik? How do you determine it's Hanuk? Is there something about the words mot yumat, surely shall die, that tapped you off, that t- tipped you off rather to it being Hanuk? Amarta says the Beraita, you should say, That's what I said at the answer, that's what we discussed briefly yesterday. This first opinion, that of Rabbi Yoshia, goes like this, it's a logical statement. If the Torah doesn't tell me what the death penalty is, if the Torah just tells me, put to death, now you, as the Beit Din, as the Sanhedrin, long ago as the interpreters of the Torah, need to determine, so who is it, what is it that the death penalty in this circumstance is? Well, I have four options. I know three of them are more severe than the fourth, the least of the se- severe, and that is panic. But I don't know how to put to death. You're going to have the audacity to push it up to one of the more severe ones? Of course, misafik, you have to give the least one. You're in a safik, an uncertain situation. You know you need to put to death. You put to death with the least severe of the death penalties. Nathan, I'm not certain still that it means because it's the least painful, I do know it means it's the least severe. It means like Adosh Baruch Hu told us, according to our understanding, that it's the least severe. And if he told us it's the least severe, so then we're going to give that at the most. Says the next opinion in the Beraitah, that's not the reason you give Hanek. That's not why when the Torah doesn't, uh, explicate what what mitah it is. You give chenek lo kala. It's not because it's per se kala, the most, the, the least severe. By the way, the Gemara will say, what do those words mean? In just a few moments when we when we uh, finish everything, when all the dust settles. Says the Gemara, what, what do you mean? Wasn't that a good claim? Isn't that a great claim? I'm uncertain what the death penalty is, so I'll give you the least severe. I'm the substitute teacher. I don't know how to punish the students. I know the least I can do is have you stand in the corner. That's what I'm going to do. The most I could do is send you the principal or expel you. I don't know that that's the principal in this school. I don't know that that's the rules over here. I'll give you the least of them. Isn't that a great claim? Why would he say, The Gemara will say, because this next opinion, Bionatan, is defending the opinion of Rabbi Shimon in our first Mishnah. Our first Mishnah of the Perek, Rabbi Shimon disagreed. He flipped them. That's right. For him, Saif beheading was the least 
severe of the bunch as a result. You can't tell me that stemita is hanik, that when I'm uncertain, I give hanik because it's the least severe. It's not the least severe. So then according to the Bishimon, how would you explain? How do you know? That's true. The Pasuk says mot yumat. How do you know that that's hanik? How do you know stemita is hanik? Ela kol mitaha. What's that? Our statement is it's hanik. We're standing strong and steadfast and assuming everybody agrees to that. You speak like a parent of a child. I speak as an idealistic okay. teacher. For me, the punishments are not a means to the punishment. They're a means to bring the child back into the classroom and having them behave appropriately. I'm saying that with a big smile. You're right. All right, but I'm saying, if in an ideal world, you're really affecting the same thing by standing in the corner or throwing them out of the school for a day, it means now they're gonna be an appropriate student or now they're gonna be successful in life, so then you understand. But, but point taken. But what I'm saying is, ultimately speaking, we have, for some reason or another, a, a hierarchy of punishments. I mean, that these four punishments are put in a certain order to the extent that in a circumstance, again, I, uh, theoretically, the Gemara told us where I'm uncertain what this person's status is. I don't know which one he got sentenced to. I'm going to give the lower one. It means I'm somehow treating it as the lower one. So that's, that's what I'm dealing with. The severity levels are the so that's, that's, what, that's what I was referring to when I, when I turned to Nathan a moment ago, and I'm uncertain about that. It's certainly so when we talk about strangulation, because that, that's, that, that will be clear in just a moment in the Gemara, but the question will be, so serefa, although you and I, as, as outsiders, assume that, and I mean it myself as well, that serefa damages the body, the Gemara is quite clear that at least in their vision, it's only an internal damage. Yes, which, all your internal organs. And if you're strangulated, there's no destruction internally? No, it's just causing the esophagus and it's over, but the right. rest of the body is So in other words, it has to do with damage to the body as opposed to pain and right, suffering. Because we believe that Allah is going to have a goof. And right, whatever. and so the only thing you'd, you'd still have lingering is, is one line in the Gemara, which I'll show you in just a few moments. You'd also have to explain then, then what's the debate, and you just tell me that, you would probably tell me Rabbi Shimon has some sort of, maybe Rabbi Shimon goes in severity of, of pain or something like that. Because Rabbi Shimon, keep in mind, put beheading beforehand. Uh, that's an interesting question. I'll also ask you, just very briefly, I'll also ask you not about Sekila. I can accept your, your, your argument on Sekila. I would ask you in the, in the, in the order of serefa to herig, you think beheading is less than the destruction of internal organs. That's your argument being made. Because again, the rest of the body is intact. Oh, okay. yes, it's slice, but it's still... Interesting. Uh, no, no, okay, but he's saying, but ultimately speaking for percentage-wise, not in terms of value of head or what it looks like, He's saying, okay, so that's an interesting thing. Anyway, says the Gemara, I don't know. I, I, I mean it, this is a work in progress. It's got to be discussed what this, uh, you have a vent, you have a direction on it, how we're determined. Again, we determined it just from Pesukim. That's really, we did it in a very, uh, you know, uh, empirical fashion. We didn't use Sivarot per se. Says the Gemara, onward, onatan omer, lo ikala, ela komitaha amura batorah setam eno ela chenek. That's the standard, it just says, says onatan. No, you should just know, anytime the Torah says, mitah, it means chenek. Not because of your logic. 
Uh, come on, you gotta help me a little bit. What, where'd you come? Is that a Kabbalah? You have some sort of tradition? Rabbi Omer says Rashi, Rabbi is coming to explain Rabbi Yonatan. Rabbi is, all right, my, my friend over here, he just made a very clear but bold statement. Let me explain to you why he said so. Why did he say Henek is the Seta Mita, Ne'eman Mita Bide Shamaim, Ve'ne'eman Mita Bide Adam? The Torah mentions Vayamet mentions that God put to death someone. Says Rashi, who does it, the first at the very least, uh, reference to being put to death, Mitabi Deshamayim, says Rashi, it's a reference to Onan. Onan was the son-in-law of Yehuda. First Eir uh, gets put to death by God in his relationship with Tamar. And uh, that's the, that's the do- that's, excuse me, uh, for, in his relationship with Tamar. Then the second son, I said son-in-law, son of Yehuda, Onan, who doesn't do yibum appropriately, who doesn't take in his brother's wife, Tamar, after the death of Eir, uh, so he doesn't appropriately do so, says the Torah that God, Vayamet Gamoto, kills him as well. Now what's that mitah of God? The uh, imagination from the fact that the Torah doesn't specify what it looked like from the fact that the Torah doesn't tell you, as it often will in Sefer Bimidbar, certainly, that, I don't know, fire came out or snakes or something or another. The fact that it just says Vayamet appears as if he just dies, you know, without any damage being done to his body. Well, that being the case, and this will very much work in line with you, Ricky, until a moment or two, we'll see. Maybe we'll challenge you. It says the Gemara, it says, adam, and it says, shamayim. the Torah says, Mot yumat, in the context of just putting to death. And then it says, Vayamet, in the context of, the counter argument, again, he's not working with the first claim, which was, severities, because this is working even with Rabbi Shimon, who doesn't work in the realm of severities with regards to Hanuk, because Hanuk is not the most, the least severe for him. Says the Gemara, I'll tell you, says Rabbi for Rabbi Yonatan, I'll tell you how Rabbi Shimon would interpret this. Rabbi Shimon would tell you the fact that the Torah says he put to death, and you have the same word of being put to death, first by God to Onan, and then by Bedin to human beings, it's to tell you that the regular standard death penalty is the least damaging to the body. What's that, of course? It says it must be Hanuk. Maybe it's burning. So Ricky would say, what do you mean burning? It's burning your internal organs for some reason. Again, they'll fall off it. So maybe you're working in the Maskana, but this claim at the onset is, Oh, what sort of claim is that? Again, because the assumption is externally it appears as if the person's not so damaged. Says the Gemara, and I'll tell you why not. From the fact that the Torah says, Bat Kohen that the daughter of the Kohen gets Serefa, we can derive that a regular relations, in other words, regu- never regular, when, when non Kohanim, when Yisraelim women have relations, or men, we can derive that a regular a regular circumstance of relations is not serifa. Okay, when all the dust settles, what we've established, though, is what we mentioned in the Gemara yesterday, matter-of-factly, that setamita is hainek. Says the Gemara very briefly, just dealing with these two opinions, again, Rabbi Yonatan, who states 
that the least severe is Hanik. I'm uncertain what to give, so it's Hanik. That, excuse me, that was Rabbi Onatan, that, that was Rabbi Oshia, the first opinion. Well, Rabbi Onatan, the second opinion says, the reason that we give Hanik over here is because we have some sort of linking up to Mitabi Deshamayim. I understand the opinion of Rabbi Onatan. Rabbi in our Beraita explained this opinion. It's because I have mention of death by God, death by human beings. I say that if I'm uncertain, I do it most similar to God. And what's that? The least damaging to the body. Ela, let Says the Gemara, but wait a second, this whole concept, this whole construct of strangulation, where'd you come up with that? In other words, I, I can't understand if your whole claim is that in putting to death Rabbi Yoshiyah, it's not because I'm mimicking God. Mimicking God, Rabbi Yonatan, I understand. Mimicking God, you have to do the least damage to the body. That's called Hanuk. That's where you came up with the concept of Hanuk because the Torah never explicitly mentions Hanuk, ever. Where'd you come up with it? Be like God, even when you put to death. But wait a second, the first opinion of Bioshiah, the only reason Setamita is Hanuk is because if you don't know what to do, you give the least severe. Who said that's the least severe? Maybe there are Shilohamitot Betid. Maybe it's Sekila, Serefahere, Khalas. There's no Hanuk. The whole, this is circular, says the Gemara. The whole reason you're assuming it's Hanuk is because you said that's the least severe. Maybe it doesn't exist. I'm sorry to go back to the example because we didn't like it, but maybe there's no such thing as punishing in the corner. Maybe there is only sending to the principal. Whoever heard of that? How do you, in this school, maybe that punishment is, is all out of bounds. Those are words we use, uh, Nathan. That's a Mishnah we have. That's right. We would throw off the song. We would throw off the song. We would throw off our first Mishnah. But says the Gemara, okay, we get it. We know we have it. It's circular to say once we have How do you have it? Again, we understand according to Bionatan because you're mimicking God's wife. By Yamit, by Onan. But for Bioshia, answers the game. Can I ask a question by, by Nakom Yinakem? When we said anytime it says Nakom Yinakem, Stam. Over there, the Gemara in Nakom Yinakem, it was a derasha. Sure, because the Pasuk in Vayikram, Parashat Bechukotai, said that he's going to do it Beherev. Right? Over there it's that explicit. Hedef means a sword. I have mention of a sword in the context of Nikimah. Over here it never says that you strangulate. So says the Gemara, I'll tell you the answer. That's it. Gemara means to learn. In our context it means tradition. This was tradition. They had a tradition. I don't know if because they chanted it on Kippur or alternatively they just knew. There are Arba Mitot Betin. Everybody knew them. We accepted it. We heard it. And we brought it all the way back to Moshe Rabbeinu at Har Sinai. And as a result, we knew there are Arba Mitot Betin. Again, Rabbi Onatan doesn't need to go that far. Rabbi Oshia says we have tradition. That's what we work with. As a result, says Rabbi Oshia, if I don't know what the punishment is, I give the least severe of the accepted traditional death penalties. And that is Henek. Says the Gemara, what I told you earlier, my, what did it mean? quote unquote when Rabbi Onatan responded to Rabbi Oshia and said Lo kala. what did it mean when he responded not because it's the least severe it's the most lenient what, what sort of statement was that I mean if it is the least severe if it is the most lenient then Rabbi Oshia is a great point says the Gemara Rabbi Onatan would really be defending or working with the opinion of Rabbi Shimon because according to Rabbi Shimon Hanek is not the least severe says the Gemara okay I got it. Let's move on and talk about a few other matters. 
which uh, if you ask me, and I'll be very honest with you, are hard to place over here in the Gemara. This last segment of the Gemara really belongs after the next Mishnah. For one reason or another, we might figure that out, might not. This was placed in our Gemara before the next Mishnah. Let me just tell you briefly what the next Mishnah is about. The next Mishnah is about the long list of people who get Sikilah. Of course, there are explicit cases in the Torah where someone gets Sikilah. We've talked about some of them already. A person who curses God, a Megadif, a person who's Obed Avodah It's explicit in the Torah. They get but we have a lot of others where it's not explicit. The Gemara will later on tell us, and this is what we're working with already, that those are all derived from the case of Ov V'yid'oni. Ov V'yid'oni is a circumstance of sorcerers. And the Torah says in the context of sorcerers, a language which we understand as linking up to many other punish, many other circumstances and telling you that all of them have sekila. It's a paradigm of sorts, right? I know this is true about him, there's something about him that links him up to others, and now I know if he is death penalty with Sikila, so to our others. That's the dirasha. Says the Gemara, what is that dirasha all about? I know it's a little out of place, it's a little out of context because we haven't even talked about Ovi Yudoni, we haven't talked about Mitat Sikila, but that's the understanding. Says the Gemara, Amar le Rabizera le Abaye, says Rabizera to Abaye, She'ar Haniskalin. All the other quote-unquote circumstances where you get sikilah, where you get death by stoning, as we explained in the last Perik, de la ketiv behu sikilah. It doesn't explicitly in the Torah say sikilah. I gave you two examples of where it does. Megadev. Remember in Parashat Emor, the person who blasphemes, we put him to death with stoning. And we talked about Avodah Zarah. The Torah says explicitly they get sikilah. There are several others. Rashi already explains some of them. Shabbat and others. It's right. because you just told me that you should give chenek because it's the, the lightest one. So they're telling you that even though it's not specified, you're going to get sikilah in other circumstances. We want to know what's the mechanics, what's the methodology that got me to it. So the answer is it's some sort of gezerashava, some sort of similar words which link it into this paradigm of sorts, oviyidaoni. What is that methodology? What are the mechanics? What are the words? Says the Gemara, digamre me oviyidaoni. After all, we know, and again, it's out of order because we don't know this yet, but I'm telling it to you from now. Oviyidaoni, which is the case of sorcerers in the Torah who get stoned, and we have some sort of gezera shabbat, bemai gamre. What is the derasha? How is it that we're learning it with a gezerah shava? What words are, are they that trigger us to say, this case is similar to Oviyadu'oni, this case is similar to Oviyadu'oni. There are two references in the Pasuk by Oviyadu'oni, which are each referring to death one after another. First one is Mot Yumatu, and the second one is Dimehimbam, loosely translated as they shall surely die. Their blood is upon them, which is a reference of guilt as a way of saying this is on them. Now each of those are, well, together they're redundant. Put to death, and then because their blood is upon them, you don't need to mention both. Okay, mechanics, asks Rbizera of Abaye. Which one of, and again, he'll tell us in just a few moments why this is significant, which one of those words are the key words? In other words, I'm linking into and I'm saying, Oviyad are similar to this case because of those words or because of the second set of words. You'll say, but if all the words are there, what's the difference? I will have to deal with that. That's Gemara terminology and, and, and world. Anyways, again, bemot yumatu gamre is the derasha from the words of mot yumatu, which 
again, are mentioned by Oveyodoni, and then in turn by lots of the other mitot sekila, or, or is it alternatively by the words which are as well by Oveyodoni, bidemehembam gamre, it's the words demehembam which are written and referenced in other circumstances as well, and that's how we apply them accordingly. Amarle bidemehem demehem bam gamre. It says the derasha is from this reference of blood, the blood upon them by Oveyodoni, and the blood that's mentioned in other circumstances, that's what links us up. Uh, how do you know? The ibe motiumatu gamre demehem demehem lamali. Has this redundant? Has this uh, question? He says, listen, I have an unnecessary, superfluous mention over here. They're surely put to death, and there's blood upon them. Says, I'll tell you, it's from it's their blood upon them. Because if it's not from their blood upon them that we're making all these dirashot, <coughs> so then. Excuse me, if it's from Motu Matu, if it's from they shall surely put put to death, how are you going to explain those extra words of the Mehimbam? How are you going to explain those extra words of the blood's upon them? Wait a second. Once it says their blood is upon them, that would have been sufficient. And we turn the question back and we say, so then why does the Pasuk also need to say, Motiumatu, Elamai bidmehem dimehem, Elamai, rather, what is the case? Bidmehem dimehem gamre. Ask the Gemara if that's the case, Motiumatu lamali. So then, what's the necessity of mentioning those words as well, Motiumatu? Before we read them and finish with this for the day, I'm just going to repeat again. The Derasha goes like this I want to know how, in many circumstances, which will be clear in the Mishnah at the bottom of the page or in the middle of the page, there is sikila. The answer is we learn from Oviyadoni. If it's not explicit in the Torah, we learn from that as my paradigm case in what's called Gezer HaShavah. The, the words are linked up. Is it from the words Motiumatu or is it from the word Demehembam? The answer is it's from the word Demehembam. I link up, it says blood over there, it says blood elsewhere. Wait a second, so then why does it need to say Motiumatu as well? The answer is Beraita. Kedetanya, Motiumat hamaker oseahu enli ele bimitake tu babo. Minayin shiima iya atayahola hamito bimitake tu babo shatayahimito bechomita shatayahola hamito. Tamudomar, Motiumat hamake, mikol makom. The derasha goes as follows. The fact that the Torah has has this redundant wording, he shall surely die. Motiumat, motiumatu by Oviyadoni. The derasha goes like this. Generally speaking, you're supposed to put the person to death with the mitah kitubabo, the way the Torah tells you to do so. By a roseah with erig, by a oviyadoni with, as we just mentioned, sekilah. Minayan, how do you know that if you're not able to? I don't know, they're across the river. They're running away. The only way to get them is any other way. Shooting them, grabbing them, throwing them down. Ideally, when they're in Betin, you did it in the appropriate fashion, but they're running away or the circumstances are such that you're not able to put them to death in the way that the Torah prescribes. How do you know mikol makom, which means to say any way necessary? The answer is that redundant wording. It doesn't just say yamutu, it says mot yumatu, and as a result, that's my derasha from those words. So it ends like this. Mot yumatu, which is written by Oviyadoni, and anywhere and everywhere else comes to tell you, if you can't put them to death in the way they're supposed to, do it however is necessary. In order to bring forth justice, just kill them. They're across the river, shoot at them. But that's not one of the abamitot betin. Mikol makom. What about demehimba? That's to link up with many other circumstances, as we'll discuss tomorrow, to tell you that there as well you get sekilah, just like by Oviyeh de'oni, Baruch Amen ve